Not seeing eye to eye with your in-laws is a struggle that I am sure many people can relate to. Whether parents don't like their child's choice and partner, or the way their grandchildren are being raised, or even if it's just small petty arguments, disagreements between people and their in-laws can take a significant toll on a family dynamic. Most of the time, these issues are sorted, but other people have some shocking horror stories about arguments and incidents they have had with their partner's family. Today, we will be discussing a case where a feud between in-laws resulted in a tragic and senseless murder. Let's uncover the murder of Tammy Palmer. Hello and welcome to the 56th episode of the Uncover True Crime podcast. My name is Stephanie and each episode we uncover a different unsolved true crime case ranging from unsolved murders, missing persons and suspicious deaths. You can listen to the podcast on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts and Spotify as well as on YouTube by searching Uncover True Crime. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at Uncover underscore pod, on Instagram at Uncover True Crime pod, and you can join the Uncover True Crime discussion group on Facebook. Before we get started today, I just want to let you know that there have been significant updates on two Jane Doe's that we have previously covered. The first update I'm going to share with you concerns the first ever podcast episode I released which was about the Knoxville County Jane Doe. To briefly summarise the case, the Knoxville County Jane Doe was found on the 1st of June 1987 in Knoxville, Tennessee. She was trying to enter somebody's home and the police believe it was an attempted break-in. The homeowner shot Jane Doe through the door and she was pronounced dead on the scene. Well, I am very happy to inform you that she has been identified as Tina Marie Gattrell. She wasn't identified through DNA or forensic genealogy in the same way that many Jane and John Doe's are being identified these days. She was actually identified through her fingerprints when her adopted son grew up and tried to find his mother. I will discuss the case in more detail in my other podcast, One Doe at a Time, in the next few months. I will keep you posted on when that episode goes live if you want to hear more about how she was identified and about Tina's life before she died. The second update relates to a woman previously known as the Woodlawn Jane Doe who we discussed in episode 51. Again, to briefly summarise the case, she was discovered on the 12th of September 1976 in Baltimore, Maryland after having been strangled, raped and murdered. Again, I'm very happy to tell you that she has been identified as Margaret Ferteroff and she was 16 years old when she went missing from Alexandria, Virginia. As of the day I'm recording this, Margaret's identification was only made public less than 24 hours ago, so there is very little information available other than her name and her age. However, as more details start to become public, I will then start to research her case for another episode of One Doe at a Time. Although, like Tina's case, I probably will cover it over on my other podcast. And I will let you know when both of those episodes go live. However, as I have featured them both on this podcast and because they are very significant developments, I just wanted to let you know about them. I really do love it when Jane and John Doe's get their real name back. And I am so happy that Margaret and Tina's family will now have some sense of closure and that both of these young women can finally rest in peace. However, without any further ado, let's uncover the murder of Tammy Palmer. Tammy Panarello was born on the 6th of April 1973 in Pizak Valley, New Jersey. She attended North Rock High School and at some point in her early 20s she married a man called John Palmer. Tammy's sister Denise was married to John's older brother Clarence and while I don't know this for certain, I can imagine that the four of them would have been quite close. Tammy and John went on to have two children, 
Rosemary and John, and they lived in a rural property in Rockland County, located around 40 miles away from New York City, in a property that was owned by John's father, Eugene. Eugene lived in the house next door to Tammy, John and his grandchildren, but over the years tensions started to rise. Tammy and John started to face issues in their marriage which affected Tammy's relationship with her father-in-law. Eugene's sister Elaine claimed that Tammy, quote, aggravated the crap out of him, unquote, and also told the media about an incident when Tammy allegedly attacked Eugene with a log. Eventually, John and Tammy decided to separate but did remain friends to start off with, although this wouldn't last. At some point, Tammy was granted a restraining order against John as she claimed that he abused her, and as a result, John was not allowed on their property. To say that Eugene was unhappy about this is an understatement, and he and Tammy continued to get into heated arguments in the following months. Eugene would apparently turn the electricity off in Tammy's house and she would allegedly retaliate by sounding her car horn during the night to wake him up. Tammy and John's children, who were in their adolescence when all of this was going on, were witness to the feud, with Rosemary telling the media that she heard her grandfather say, quote, I'm going to take your mother down, mark my words, unquote. The police were called on a few occasions when the arguments got particularly heated, although I don't think that either of them were ever arrested as a result. Everyone around them could see how toxic this environment was, but none of them could have possibly foreseen how their feud would end. On the 24th of September 2012, Tammy returned to her home on Woodgrove Road after seeing her children get on the school bus when she was shot from a distance with a shotgun. The first bullet got lodged in her shoulder and left her lying on the ground outside her home while the second shot missed. It was at this point that Eugene, who had been hiding in a bush when he pulled the trigger the first two times, walked over to Tammy and shot her for a third time at close range, killing her. Eugene then went to his sister Elaine's house and confessed to killing Tammy. He allegedly told her, quote, I shot and killed Tammy. I'd had enough. And just give me an hour to get away before you call the police or do whatever you have to do. Unquote. He told her where he kept his money so he could pay his taxes and he left her house a short time later. The police were called and Tammy's body was found outside the home that seemed to have caused so much friction between her and Eugene. What happened here really wasn't a mystery. Everybody knew that Eugene had killed Tammy. Now all the police had to do was find him and bring him to justice. Eugene's 1995 Dodge Ram was found near Harriman State Park, around 13 miles away from his home. He was also seen entering the park, although I don't know exactly when this sighting was or when exactly his car was found. Eugene was an avid outdoorsman and police believed that he was living off the land there, so they combed the woods but found no sign of him. They did supposedly find a small campfire in the park, but I don't know if they were ever able to determine if Eugene had stayed there or not. Harriman State Park spans over 47,000 acres, so there was a lot of ground to search, and I do think the police searched as much of this park as they could, but they were never able to locate him. And as of 2021, Eugene Palmer is still on the run from the police. While it does seem pretty clear that Eugene killed Tammy, it is not known whether or not Eugene is still alive. He was 73 years old when he killed Tammy, and while he was very familiar with the outdoors, 
he had a heart condition and diabetes, which would have affected his ability to survive living out in the woods. If Eugene did die in Harriman State Park, his body was never discovered, although it is possible that he was able to find a more sustainable place to hide out. Just last month, in August 2021, the FBI raided the home of his granddaughter, Jamie Lynn Rose, after receiving a tip that Eugene had been staying there, although no trace of him was found in her home. Jamie Lynn Rose was distraught after the raid and posted on her Facebook page, quote, They were in the tree on my roof. They handcuffed me and my children. They raided my house, broke my furniture. They pointed guns at my seven-year-old child. Thanks for wasting my time, traumatising my children and wasting taxpayers' money. I literally still feel like I can't breathe. Leave my family alone. My children, my babies were handcuffed like felons and slammed against cars. When does this end? When is enough enough? When will they leave my family alone? Unquote. I think the answer to that question is not until after Eugene is found either dead or alive so that Tammy's family can receive some closure and know that the man that killed her will never be able to hurt anyone else again. Tammy's two children were only 12 and 16 when she was cruelly taken from them and after a court battle, their father John Palmer lost custody of his children and Rosemary and John went to live with their maternal grandparents, John and Violet. An inquest was held into Tammy's death and the Supreme Court Judge Robert Lober ordered that Eugene's properties be sold and the proceeds should be divided equally between Rosemary and John, meaning that they both received around $1 million. No amount of money can ever make up for losing a parent at such a young age, but I really hope that they're doing well and that that money has helped them to set up their future. In May 2019, Eugene Palmer became the 523rd person to be added to the FBI's most wanted list and is the oldest person to ever be added to that list. FBI spokesperson Amy Thorson told the media, quote, If we thought he was dead, we wouldn't have added him to the most wanted list and we don't have any information to suggest that he may be dead, unquote. So the FBI are indeed investigating this case on the assumption that Eugene is still alive. Tammy's mother Violet sadly passed away in 2018 without ever knowing what became of her daughter's killer, a fact that has deeply resonated with the officers investigating Tammy's murder. Haverstraw Police Department detective Michael Kroger told the media, quote, I want to bring the family closure. It hit me hard that we couldn't capture him before Tammy's mother passed. It's unfinished for us. Unquote. I'm now going to go over Eugene's description and vital statistics. Eugene Palmer was born on the 4th of April 1939 and was last seen on the 24th of September 2012. If alive today, he would be 82 years old. He is a white male with grey balding hair, brown eyes, stood at 5 foot 10 inches tall and weighed 220 pounds. His left thumb is deformed, but I was unable to find a detailed description about this deformity. He is an experienced huntman and outdoorsman who also has a keen interest in cars and motor racing. There is a $100,000 award for information leading to his arrest and conviction. Eugene should also be considered armed and dangerous, so if you see him, please do not approach him. If you have any information regarding his whereabouts, you are urged to call the FBI on 212 384-1000 or you can call the Haverstraw Police Department on 845-354-1500 
or alternatively, you can submit a tip to the FBI's website. I want to thank you for listening to this episode in its entirety, but I also want to take a minute to thank everybody who has supported the podcast. To say that I have been inconsistent with this podcast is an understatement. I've just had a lot going on. I have started a new job and I'm also moving house. There's just been a lot of things going on in my personal life, so the podcast has had to take a back seat. It has not been on purpose. I really enjoy creating this podcast and I really do hope that in the coming months, I can have a regular upload schedule again. I know this case was a tad on the short side, however just because of everything that's been going on I haven't really had the time to research a very detailed case so for this episode I wanted to pick a case that I could research, write up and record fairly quickly. I know that generally speaking my podcasts are quite short, that's just the style that I like doing them in, but as I've said because of time restraints and other things going on in my life right now, the next few episodes I upload might be on the shorter side. Although just because there's maybe not as much information on these cases and because there's not a great deal to discuss about them doesn't mean that they aren't worth discussing. But anyway, that was just a very long-winded way of me saying thank you. That is everything I have to share with you today. Thank you for listening till the very end. Please stay safe and have a good night.